Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. Thank you for listening. Uh, let me explain what this is. Uh, we don't usually have, uh, don't really do BP supplements anymore, but because of the the timing of things, uh, we needed to do this episode because uh, the Oscar nominations are happening uh, at the same time that uh, David and Scott are at Sundance. So uh, an actual episode uh, is, un uh, we're unable to do that uh, this year. So uh, I'm on my own talking about the Oscar nominations, but I'm actually not as far as as far as hosts go. Yes, it's just me by myself. But I have with me an esteemed film critic who, full disclosure, was also my film criticism teacher last quarter. Uh, it is Stephen Farber. Stephen, how you doing? Hi, glad to be here. All right. So but uh, I did want to remind everybody that um, the BP nominations have been announced, and you can find those at BattleshipPretension.com. And now that the Oscar nominations have come out, uh, indeed, uh, our nominations are much more conventional this year than they have been uh, in the past. Um, and Stephen, as you were saying when we first, uh, when you first came in, overview of the Oscar nominations, not a lot of surprises this time. So it really doesn't differ that much that much from critics awards or the golden globes i assume the indus the uh, guild awards like i think it's going to be pretty clean sweep all, all the way around yes i mean there doesn't seem to be a lot of areas for controversy this year in the yeah. nominations as there were with the lack of diversity and yeah. oscars so white they we knew they were going to bend over backwards to yeah. try and uh, change that this year and they certainly did and I don't think there's that many of the nominations that would provoke outrage or anything like that, or, or even befuddlement. How did that get in there? How yeah. did that not get in there? You know, a couple of little omissions, but uh, nothing, I say, that's going to get people really revved up and fighting. The only thing that I could see people getting, not even angry at, but it's... It surprised me because of the potential for controversy. So I'd say for me, the biggest surprise was Mel Gibson for director. I did not expect, I didn't expect Hacksaw Ridge in general to get this much right, support. Right. Um, I didn't expect Andrew Garfield to be nominated and I, maybe I should have, but, um, but yeah, I guess uh, if somebody had asked me yesterday, do you think Mel Gibson will be nominated for director? I would have said a pretty emphatic no, because I was pretty sure that Hollywood is, it was done with him. Yes, I mean, I the movie was certainly very well liked mm -hmm. and uh, gotten good response, and I think it was included among the uh, Producers Guild yeah. nominations. They have ten films, and that was one of them. So it wasn't a shock, but certainly a little unpredictable because we yeah. didn't know how Hollywood felt about Mel Gibson now, yeah. and if they have forgiven him. And clearly, the answer is yes. Yeah, and you know, so my friends and I, and I, I mentioned this to you in class. So my friends and I, and listeners know this uh, a lot because I talk about it a lot. Um, so we have our our awards draft, uh, where there's various categories, and we pick you know who we think is going to win or be nominated in each category. And we go through various critics awards and industry awards and that sort of thing. And so you know, you follow these and. And we were at this point, like there were four pretty much guaranteed nominations for best director. Like it was going to be Barry Jenkins, Kenneth Lonergan, uh, Denis Villeneuve, and um, uh, Damien Chazelle. Like right. those were guaranteed four. That fifth one, right. we didn't think it was going to be the guy that did Lion, whose name escapes me even now. Garth Davis. Garth Davis. <laughs> we didn't think it was going to be him. Some of us thought that in spite of the last several weeks and the complete shutout of silence, some of us thought it might be Martin Scorsese. Right. Um, but no, it wound up being uh, this. This uh, wound up being Mel Gibson, and that is maybe the biggest surprise for me. Yes. But, yes. Um, and I'd say that for most people, uh, including me, the the omission 
Uh, Amy Adams was was a big one. Yeah, that was disappointing, actually, and and surprising, just because she'd been very well liked by the Academy in the past. Yeah. You know, a lot of nominations, and you know, she gave an excellent performance in uh, uh, this movie Arrival, and the movie was loved. It had yeah. eight nominations, so it's just. Uh, a little bewildering that she got left out. I mean, at one point, some people thought she might even win this year. Yeah. Just because she has all these nominations in the past and yeah. a little bit overdue. So I, you can't really argue against the people who got in in her place. I mean, Meryl Streep, maybe you would argue. <laughs> well, I, th I think she was very good in Florence Foster Jenkins. I like that movie a lot more than I thought, but... I was talking with somebody yesterday and we were speculating about what the best actress nominees were going to be. And, and I didn't think Meryl Streep would get in there. And then this friend actually pointed out that because of the general politics in every sense of the word of the Academy, maybe Meryl Streep's Golden Globe uh, speech kind of curried some favor. Not that she, not that that's why she did it, but, uh, and that maybe people just wanted to, they're just like, I do like that Meryl Streep. Let's right, nominate her right, again. Right. right. Um, yes. I, that's an interesting question. I, as to what effect the Golden Globe speech might have yeah. had, I forget when the nomination or the voting closed. I, was it uh, after that? I think it was shortly after that. I think it right. was still happening at that moment. Uh -huh. um, so that definitely could have weighed in. No. I forgot about that because, of course, that earned her a lot of uh, favor in Hollywood. But I mean. She has so many more nominations than any other actor in history. Yeah, I think she's going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> it's not that surprising, yeah. really. The, Meryl Streep gets another nomination. Yeah. Um, and the woman from Loving, people weren't sure whether she would get right. in. Uh, uh, a Ruth Nega. Um, yeah, Amy Adams was pushed out by one yeah. of those two, clearly. Yeah, and I honestly, I thought that, uh, you know, given the... Let me ask you this. How do you feel about this? That when we talk about the Oscars and when we talk about Oscar nominations, we are so regularly talking about the past. Like we don't like we were just talking about Amy Adams and she great gave a great performance. And on top of that, she's never won before. And we we talk about that like and that is a consideration and it kind of bums me out. And for that reason, I thought that Annette Benning was going to be nominated because yes. she's yes. never won before. Right. Um, and. So for her and Amy Adams to be bumped out, but I guess given the controversy last year, Ruth Nega was probably going to be in there somewhere. Right. And right. one of them had to go and then Meryl Streep, who knows. But <laughs> yes, right. did you like Florence Foster Jenkins? I did actually. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, and it's too bad because the other two actors in it, um, Hugh Grant and Simon Helberg, yeah. both also very good. And yeah. uh, they were nominated by some other groups and everything. And uh, I mean, I thought in a way it's too bad these movies had come out earlier in the year are often forgotten yeah. a bit or overlooked. And I think Simon Helberg, I mean, people, when the movie came out, were talking about him as like, oh, he stole the movie. Or it was a great yeah. supporting performance. And he was, I think, nominated for a Golden Globe. But, I think he uh, was. But then uh, it's too bad. He was forgotten. But who can forget Meryl Streep? I mean, just not that she was better than those two other actors, but yeah. just she's Meryl Streep. She's never forgotten. She's always in the forefront. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, I, I enjoyed Simon Helberg. Uh, so listeners, I don't think I mentioned this this past uh, week, but over at More Than One Lesson, uh, the latest, latest episode is about Florence Foster Jenkins mm. with the companion film, Ed Wood. Um, and one of the things we talked about is that Simon Helberg, in a way, his performance is a bit over the top, but still tremendously fun, and right. I and I enjoy watching it. Right. But I think Hugh Grant was though is a bummer that he yes. was not yes. uh, nominated, and he would have been not if it, he was going if he was going to be nominated for anything, it would have been supporting, which is a bummer. Yes, because he is a lead. Right. But that happens. Well, that's another question though. It's like, what categories these people belong in? Yeah. Uh, Viola Davis. You know, when the the play was on Broadway, she won for leading actress at yeah. the Tony Award, and it's really stretching it a bit to put her in the supporting actress yeah. category. Um, but I don't know how 
I mean, they said, oh, that's what the Academy decided, but they, they, they can't really decide. I mean, voters can yeah. put her wherever they want, and they obviously, but they're obviously influenced by all the hype and all the yeah. ads that the studio puts out. So it's, some of these are a bit hard to say, and Hugh Grant, I mean, as people point out, he's in almost the whole movie. Yeah. So to say he's a supporting actor is stretching it. Well, and so so much of the film is seen from his perspective. Yes. Like, he's actually the only one that seems to know everything. Right. A lot of other people are in the dark. So he is definitely a lead, if not the lead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just the, the studio thing where... It's like, well, Viola Davis might not win Best Leading Actress this year, but supporting is almost a definite yeah. uh, win. You know, if Timothy Hutton can win supporting actor for ordinary people, then like right. all bets are off at that point. Well, you know, the interesting case was Kate Winslet. That um, oh, for the re the reader, uh, yeah, yes, for the <coughs> reader, because she had been pushed by by a, a, a Weinstein company for Supporting Actress. Hmm. And she had won Supporting Actress, I think, the uh, Golden Globe. That's what everybody assumed that she was going to take. But then the Academy nominated her for Best Actress, hmm. which I say it was... So that was an indication that they don't have to follow the yeah. leads of the publicity machine. They chose to put her in the yeah. Best Actress category. Which, that was, again, a marginal case, because she wasn't in the whole film by yeah. any means, but she certainly dominated the parts that she was in, and then she won Best Actress, even though her part was not that huge. Yeah. I mean, of course... Uh, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor for Silence of the yeah. Lambs that they said, what is it, like in 14 minutes of the yeah. movie or something? I, th I think it's a grand total of 22 minutes. Okay. Uh, but, you know, some of the, it's him like walking off into the distance in Florence or something. Um, yeah, it's, and I think that speaks to the humanness, humanity uh, of the Academy members, where in the end, it's like, they still, if they want to nominate somebody, they will do it where they want and, you know, with Viola Davis, it's like, well, we like Viola Davis and she's probably more of a lead, but we have all these other leading actresses. Right. It's a good, good year for that category. And <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to bump anybody out of that. So, you know what? I'll just go with this, what the studio said. Right. I'll keep her in supporting that way. I can honor everybody <laughs> I want. Um, but I think in a way it's too bad because I say it was kind of fun when they diverged with the, in the case of Kate Winslet yeah. and went their own way. I mean, last year, uh, Aruni Mara was nominated for Supporting Actress in yeah. Carol, because that's what the studio was pushing, because they wanted Kate Blanchett to be yeah. the best actress. But, uh, I mean, Aruni Mara's part is actually bigger, or oh, yeah. they're certainly equal in the yeah. amount of screen time. So. Yeah, and uh, don't worry, the BPs last year, they were both nominated for Best Actress. Very um, good. But that, but I think you're right. If you had to choose, I'd say she's the lead and Kate Blanchett is supporting. <laughs> and to me, I think maybe, aside from Timothy Hutton, I think maybe the most egregious example of this is Training Day, where Denzel Washington is considered lead, yes. Ethan Hawke is supporting, right. despite Ethan Hawke having 13 more minutes of screen time <laughs> and being the obvious lead, Yes, if you want to yes. think in terms of character arc. Um, okay. All right. As I anticipated, uh, we're, we're bouncing around a lot, and that's fine. I like talking about the Oscars in this way. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, this came about from the idea of surprises. And so, like, Mel Gibson, Amy Adams, for me, and Nat Benning, was there anything else that jumped out at you um, in any category where you thought, like, not, not, not that you were uh, unpleasantly surprised, but just that, oh, okay, I guess they're doing that. Well, um, the animation. Oh, yeah. You know, they picked two foreign yeah. films for, well, maybe three if you count Cubo and the Two Strings. I, but, uh, and they, they had two Disney movies in here, but yeah. they left off Finding Dory and yeah. some other big uh, box office successes. Which was interesting. I mean, yeah. they don't uh, often do that. So I applaud them for a couple of those choices. Yeah. Uh, I feel like in the last few years, there's always been at least one. And yeah, one, you could say that there's a certain token quality to it. But right. there's usually one that made no money, but 
they know a good movie when they see it and they nominate it. And this is their opportunity to get it some publicity. Right. And now there's two, like I had not even heard of my life as a zucchini. It would have stuck out in my mind, that title. (laughs) And I had heard of the red turtle. I think that was actually, I think I, you know what? I think even, um, I think that was nominated for a BP and I didn't hear about it until people started submitting it. And I was just like, Oh, all right, I guess I should watch that. And then I watched like, I looked at some stills and I I think I watched a trailer for it and it looks wonderful. Yes. Have you seen it? I did. Yeah. It's beautiful film. It just opened really in theaters. My life as a zucchini has not opened yet. Mm -hmm. Um, It will open. My life as a zucchini, interestingly, was also on the short list for best foreign film. Yes. The Swiss, it was the Swiss submission. I didn't think it was going to make it into the final five because they had another opportunity to give it to exactly. the animation. But it was still impressive that it was considered in two categories yeah. in animated film. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it, it will It will happen often with like foreign film also being qualified yes. for best picture, and that, but that's very rare. Right. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's jump around here a little bit um we're going to do the standard uh you know what we think about uh uh the category in general and then will win should win kind of that standard podcast thing i'm sorry to fall so (laughs) much into the standard but um okay now and of course and i haven't seen everything that is nominated uh probably the biggest omission for me here is moonlight i have the screener i have not gotten around to watching it yet i was going to try and watch it last night but i wound up talking with friends for a while (laughs) um so let's uh let's jump to let's just go with director we already talked about it a little bit um is there anybody that you that you personally would have included um which means excluding somebody else and for best director well i mean a couple films that were Acclaimed, in fact, Hell or High Water was nominated for Best Picture and a a few other nominations. Um, That was a very well-directed movie. Um, Another movie that I thought was very good and got a Best Actor nomination was Captain Fantastic. Um, Again, uh, very well-directed. So, But these other... Choices, certainly Arrival, La La Land, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, I feel is more of a writing accomplishment than a a directing accomplishment myself. Although certainly very good command of the performances in the film, and that's a tribute to uh, the director. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge Kenneth Lonergan fan. I've seen... All three of all three of his movies, and I love all of them. I think Margaret's Margaret's a masterpiece, um, and uh, yeah, I I don't think I personally would have included him as director, not because he's doing anything wrong, uh, and there is a, a, a command of tone that he that he does have, and that's great. Um, but if it means, for example, Martin Scorsese gets bumped out, then. Um, then I think I would probably not be happy about that. Did you? I assume you saw Silence, yes, right? I did. did you like it? Well, I didn't feel it was completely successful. An interesting movie, definitely yeah. a fascinating subject. And uh, I mean, I was glad it was made. I felt it lacked emotional impact, that hmm. it was more of an interesting cerebral exercise yeah. thematically, but it didn't hit me on a visceral level. So, I mean, that, I don't know if that's a, a directorial failure, just too a little too reticent and kind of hmm. holding back, uh, I felt. I mean, he's certainly a master filmmaker, and it was a fascinating uh, story yeah. that, uh, you know, is not well known. Obviously, it's... Uh, struggling at the box office not yeah. uh and the kind of omissions in major categories yeah. are not going to help it here yeah. either yeah um would you say that in its in its tone that it's almost a little bit too for lack of a better term reverent and that in doing so it winds up not really pulling you in um because i i I would say I love the movie but I definitely understand what you're talking about like I feel like I had I as a viewer had to do the heavy lifting as far as connecting with the film. I feel like it was not going to welcome me in. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think, I mean, because it has certain reminiscences of, 
a bridge on the River Kwai, for instance, hmm. just because of the <laughs> Japanese yeah. uh, keeping uh, a Westerners as prisoners yeah. and sort of tormenting them in prison. And that just was so gripping um, yeah. all the way through. I mean, that uh, may be unfair to compare, uh, but why not? I mean, yeah. Scorsese has made classic films. We yeah. should put him in the same company as the great films of the past. And, and I don't know, for some reason, that movie came to mind while I was watching hmm. this, because there was a lot of the movie in silence where the characters in solitary confinement, like yeah. Alec Guinness in Kwai, and it just didn't hit me with the same emotional force. Well, and um, <clears throat> I think maybe my favorite part of silence from a technical or an artistic standpoint is, uh, I never know how you say his first name, like Issei Ogata, I think so. who is the the... Uh, oh, the not not Inquisitor, kind of something I was like that. Say Inquisitor, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> I love that performance. Yes. I thought it was great, and it's. I think one of the biggest crimes of of the film not really being championed by uh, industry people and by the Academy is that his great performance is overlooked. And I feel like were this a if the film had got had been a bit better received and people were more inclined right. to embrace it, I feel like he might have you know. Uh, I've forgotten the name of the guy from River Quiet, but he was nominated for supporting yes, actor. Yes, he was. And again, that's another comparison of the two movies because a similar character, the yeah. uh, Japanese uh, 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 commander of the prison camp, who multi-dimensional portrayal at yeah. that time. But, well, you know, the L.A. film critics, of which I'm a member, I did guess. choose him as the runner-up um, oh, okay. for Silence. Well he done. Was, so he was recognized by critics, but didn't quite have enough uh, weight to yeah. carry through here to the Oscars. Um, okay, so let's uh, now, for Best Director, who do you think is going to win? Damien Chazelle for yes. La La Land. Who do you think should win? I think... Of these nominees, I actually think uh, Denis Villeneuve, I mean, I think did an extraordinary job. He's a great director, a very uh, diverse group of films, and yeah. this is like a very impressive achievement, I thought. Yeah, uh, I think looking at the, there's a lot of nomination for uh, support for Arrival. I think it might get completely shut out as far as wins. Um for whatever reason, I'm not sure why. I think because they're clearly looking to embrace La La Land. Right. So it right. might get something like a sound award. I don't think uh, there was talk of it getting best adapted screenplay, but I think if as, now the Moonlight's nominated, I feel like that's going to win. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's too bad because uh, it could get, you're right, it could get shut out completely. Yeah. Because, um, yes, Moonlight, I mean, certainly... Uh, like cinematography, uh, you know, would be a good uh, a place for a rival to win. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's going to be a La La Land sweep. So yeah, um, my friends and I were talking about like when is the last time a Best Picture, a Best Picture, like got a lot of awards? Like the Academy just really embraced it. And it was, I think it was Slumdog Millionaire. I think that got eight. That was... Gravity won a lot, but it didn't win Picture. Right. And I feel like this is going to be big. A Mad Max won quite a few actually yeah. last year too, but yeah. not Best Picture. So, and I think two was it two years ago? Grand Budapest Hotel won a lot more than people expected, but that didn't win any like no. big time awards, including even screenplay. Right. Um, I think I personally, yeah, I think Damien Chazelle is going to win too, um, and I, I think I'd be fine with that. But I do think Arrival is such a. I'm not sure if I'd say a perfect film, but it's such a beautifully conceived film and a wonderfully realized film, and that's Denis Villeneuve. And uh, I've I have really liked his movies up to this point. I didn't like Enemy that much, but um, right. but it, his his pacing really lends itself to sci-fi. I think it works really well. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you have to give uh, a Damien Chazelle credit, though, too for. Yeah resurrecting a genre that most yeah. people thought would never come to life again yeah. and really whatever the flaws of the movie i mean he brought it off really an impressive achievement to create an original musical film and it's definitely a directorial achievement more than the screenplay of of uh, la la land which yeah. i 
was interesting, but I didn't think it was a great screenplay, but it certainly is directorially impressive. So yeah. I don't begrudge him if he were yeah. to win that. Yeah, this is... I think almost anything that La La Land winds up winning is something I'll be okay with, um, for the most part. If La La Land were to win original screenplay, I'd probably be able to have a problem with that. Let's jump to that category okay. while we're at it. Okay. Um, I think Manchester by the Sea is going to win. Um, but I don't know if there's, if there's like a lot, a big push for La La Land and people are really excited about it, then they might give it that as well. I don't know. I think in this case, yes, I think they do want to give something to Manchester by the sea. And I think that the screenplay people recognize that he's a fine writer and this could be the place to honor that. I think it's just if unless there's a la la sweep yeah and it just i mean i i wonder i mean they're saying if la la land has 14 nominations which tied for the most ever yeah if it was well, not gonna i mean it's not gonna win all 14 no but could it tie and win the 11 which is the most that other films have won it could it could i can't imagine it winning like sound editing and stuff like not when there's war movies in there like war movies are usually what win right. those and then ryan gosling's not going to win actor that probably will go to casey right 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 um, no he won't win actor that's true and i don't know costumes might go to something like jackie sure instead sure. or florence Foster jenkins even yeah i mean so la la land might not win that but it's it's an interesting thing to speculate on what categories it might lose i mean yeah if, uh, I mean, I say, I'd, of course, I don't know that the films that won 11 were necessarily the greatest films of all time yeah. either, but I I don't know if La La Land should be quite in that league. Yeah, it, it would be neat if it if it were, because um, it's not necessarily an epic. It's actually a surprisingly yes. intimate film. Right. But um, yeah, I definitely think... I guess I'm jumping ahead on nominations, and we don't have to hit every category, and I'm fine with that. But uh, I definitely think it'll get picture, director, score, and song, definitely. I think probably cinematography, probably editing. Um, And it's looking like, let's jump to this category, Best Actress. Yes. Uh, I think I would have said that it was Annette Bening's year. (laughs) Except it obviously is not. Uh, I guess there's always the possibility of a write-in. but uh, and then I think I also would have suggested that maybe Natalie Portman, uh, but she's won before, and I just don't feel a lot of goodwill for her. Well, you know, but that I think she's got a good chance because yeah. they seem to like to give a lot of these actresses a second Oscar. Mm-hmm. You know, that's happened many times yeah. um, when they've anointed somebody. They kind of. We like her. Let's give her another one. (laughs) You know, that's like with Sally Field, of course, that famous case. But there is a history of that, you know, when they seem to want to repeat. And so I think she's got a good chance. I sort of would think Emma Stone is probably going to win there, but not 100% certain. Yeah, it could be like a a Hillary Swank situation where they gave it to her for Boys Don't Cry. And then once... Once she was able to show that, oh, no, I'm not just a fluke. I've got another good performance in me. Then they gave it to her again. So that might happen with Natalie Portman. But again, I think the juggernaut of La La Land is going to make them want to give it to one of the actors. And it's not going to be Ryan Gosling. Right. So and in because there isn't an obvious front runner, I feel like it's it. It'll just sort of by default go to Emma Stone. Not that she doesn't deserve it. I think she does a very good job. Um but I think that's who will win. And then I think, I personally think Natalie Portman should win, but I haven't seen Elle or Loving. Yes. I mean, I think that uh, Isabel Huppert should win. Mm. I mean, that uh, to me has so many colors. She really goes through so many different uh, moods in the movie. It's an extraordinary range uh, of emotions that she touches. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, she's a great uh, screen actress who's never gotten a nomination before. And yeah. 
but I don't know. I've heard that the reason that L did not even make it into the shortlist for best foreign film was a lot of the older Academy members really hated the movie because yeah. of the subject matter and just very Paul Verhoeven always controversial and the yeah. things he deals with. So probably she's not going to get it. It's a victory that she was nominated because not that many yeah. foreign actors or actresses have been nominated. And when they are, they almost never win. <laughs> um, but uh, whether it be like uh, Emmanuel Riva uh, recently, um, you know, jumping to the foreign film category, uh, and I regret to say I've not seen any of these, I am now, and looking at every other category, I'm now suddenly aware that The Handmaiden was completely shut out, and that's a film that was embraced by a number yes. of, of critics' groups and, yes. and that sort of thing. Well, The Handmaiden was not the Korean submission oh, for Best that, Foreign Film. Well, there it is. So it didn't have a chance to make it into this category. Now, some people thought, though, that it might have, because it was critically acclaimed and admired yeah. by a lot of people, that it could have gotten a nomination or two in terms of production design or yeah. costume design because it was beautifully yeah. uh, done in those respects, but I don't think enough people saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and it might be, honestly, that I myself am just a little bit, not necessarily biased, but Again, for the last week, I've been I've been uh, compiling all these BP's nominations, and The Handmaiden had a very good showing there, uh, right. though not for Best Picture, but for director and yes. costume and production design and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is ultimately I want this episode to be a, a, a commercial for the BP's. Uh, <laughs> so go and check those out because I put a lot of work into them. Um, <laughs> so the foreign film, though. That's an interesting category as yeah. to what will win. I mean, Tony Erdman is the favorite because it uh, has won a lot of uh, critics' awards mm -hmm. and such, um, and uh, it's it's already playing. But I know a lot of people don't really like it that much. It's very long. It's mm -hmm. like two hours and 40 minutes, and... If this, you know, the whole Academy gets to vote now yeah. for Best Foreign Film, all the members are sent all the five nominees, and the Swedish film, A Man Called Ove, mm -hmm. is uh, by far the biggest box office success of the five uh, nominated okay. films, and it's loved by a lot of people. Hmm. This could be a year when that is a surprise win in terms of just more of a popular choice that the predicted winner, Tony Erdman, not really loved by all the people. There could be a surprise in that yeah. category. I'm not, I don't know. Lately, the Academy members do seem to be a pretty predictable and they're <laughs> going with the favorite choices, but that that's a category to watch this year because there could be a surprise. I, I could see actors embracing Tony Erdman, yes. like really enjoying it True. on that level. But, um, but yeah, it's, and I know that they're the largest voting body in the Academy, yes. right? The actors. Yes. Um, so yeah, they're going to throw everything off as tends to happen. Um, so let's see, uh, jumping around, I will say, uh, this is a, maybe not necessarily a surprise to see Jackie nominated for score. It's not going to win. Obviously right. nothing will win except La La Land. Um, but, uh, Mika Levy, who, whose score for, um, under the skin yeah. was so haunting and wonderful and the score for Jackie is so counterintuitive to what you'd think that movie would be um, that I, I was hoping that it would be nominated but I wasn't sure if it would right. be so the fact that they that they did uh, was very uh, very heartening for me the score for Arrival was also very good yeah. that was overlooked um, yeah. just because it was, I guess, a tight category. But um, that, too, was a very interesting score. I think officially it, it was disqualified a few weeks ago oh. because there is a piece of music that was used a couple of times in the film that was very impactful, and it was from something else. So oh, I think because of that, even though the rest of the score was completely original, right, I think right. because of that inclusion at very key emotional points in the film, uh, I think uh, people said, like, no, it doesn't count. I think there was another one that they announced as disqualified uh, for a similar reason. I don't remember what that one was. But, yeah, I thought Arrival had great music. And, indeed, that bit of music 
that was from somewhere else. It's good and it's very effective and good for him for including it. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was I was bummed to see uh, that it was I was bummed to see that it was excluded because that was my uh, that was my draft pick for uh, for score. <laughs> yeah, so that so. that was mine too when I voted yeah. um, the film critics. But uh, they've done that before, you know, the uh, Godfather. They disqualified the score for that, the first movie, because hmm. there were parts of it that Nino Rota oh, had yes. used in earlier films. And it was originally one of the five nominees, and then they disqualified it. But uh, then they put in Charlie Chaplin's score for uh, Limelight that year, which had never been right. uh, released in <laughs> forget the U.S., that. and that won. <laughs> yeah, so... I forgot about that. Um, I still have never seen Limelight. I always wanted to just because I like the idea of Buster Keaton and Charlie yes, Chaplin working yes, together, albeit yes. in a different capacity. Um, okay, so I'll jump to um, I'll jump to cinematography, which I think will be La La Land. But um, but it's but I know that as far as critics awards and, and various other things, I know that Moonlight has been winning a lot. And again, I haven't seen it. But you know, what do you? Do you think La La Land will win? And if so, do you think it should win? I think that La La Land, just because it's going to sweep most things, yeah. it probably will win. But no, I think uh, Arrival, Moonlight, even Silence, you know, yeah. in that category are probably better. I mean, La La Land, it's engagingly shot. And by the way, the costumes in the movie are exceptional, mm -hmm. even though I say that's one where it may not win. Yeah. But they really, I have to give credit to that designer, because really came up with beautiful color costumes yeah. for the characters. Without seeming particularly ostentatious. That's the other thing. Yes. Like it didn't, yes. the costumes didn't necessarily scream out for attention. They right. just became part of the, part of the larger ta uh, visual tapestry of the film. I mean, usually they give costume design to a period film. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why Jackie has a good chance yeah. there. <laughs> and f I mean, yeah, it's as, as we've said on the show before, um, so, so often best it is equated to most yes. like best editing often goes to the most editing best costumes often goes to the most costumes. So something like fantastic beast and where to find them or, or Florence right. Foster Jenkins, or even something like allied, uh, might wind up winning. But, uh, although, yeah, the costumes in Jackie are really nice. And I guess you'd sort of have to embrace that because you're, if it's Jackie Kennedy, there's yes. going to be good costumes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I will say actually real quick. So I also haven't seen lion. And up until I'd say the Golden Globes, and I guess the DGA, um, I guess that never struck me. It struck me as a movie that I'd be interested in seeing, but it didn't strike me as essential viewing. And now I guess I have to see it because there was a lot of support for it, uh, it at the Oscars. And I, I don't think I'd ever read any review that was above a B. Right. I mean, it wasn't like a critics movie. No, it didn't get bad reviews, yeah. incidentally, but... Uh, it was not in the same league as some of these other films in terms of the critical support, but it's a real audience pleaser. No yeah. question about that. It's a very touching story and uh, well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like I, I expected it to be nominated for a supporting actor and adapted screenplay and a couple other things. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all over the place. And um and it did look like a movie I would enjoy, um, so it is something that I will see, but I certainly didn't, like I said, I didn't see it as essential viewing. Um, and you say crowd pleaser, looking at the best pictures, not that we're jumping to that category yet, but best picture does seem to be filled with, with crowd pleasers this year. There's not a lot that's going to be particularly challenging. Uh, there's a couple in there, but, uh, but I feel like this is stuff that did okay, did pretty well at the box office and by and large movies that, uh, <laughs> movies my mom would like is a thing that I often say. Um, so, uh, let's jump to, I guess we already kind of talked about supporting actress, but I'm fine to revisit it. Um, Viola Davis, Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman, and Octavia Spencer, Michelle Williams. Um, I feel like Viola Davis is a guarantee win. I feel yes. like it might be the most sure thing of the of the night. Right. I, I can't see, I mean, although some of these other people are certainly admired, but I just can't see Viola Davis losing this. Yeah. And um, 
I think, again, it's unfortunate that they put her in a category where she doesn't really belong to yeah. ensure her win. But it, it's a debatable question. I mean, when the LA Film Critics, when we voted, people like suggested her for supporting actress and then other people said that's not a supporting performance but it's yeah. up to you you know it's it's a borderline case yeah. you can put her wherever you want but i think she's gonna win yeah uh this year so i'm a broken record with the bps but it's the only frame of reference i have for a lot of this um it was nominated it was submitted by various writers in in the two different categories and whichever one it was submitted for the most is the one i was going to put yes. it in and and supporting one out by uh, like three or four points and so that's where it wound up but yeah it's it very easily could have been right. nominated as she very easily could have been nominated for lead um without her in there i would say that maybe michelle williams had the best chance yes. but with her in there nobody has a chance right right um supporting actor now this was interesting for me not a whole lot of surprises here either except um jeff bridges who's i think maybe becoming Meryl Streep as far as the Academy. Um, his performance was really good and he found some notes to play that uh, that I wasn't expecting. But I do think Ben Foster was the better performance of the ones that were going to be submitted here. Um, I think for me, an argument could be made that he is also a lead, but that's fine. I could see him being supporting. And, and I thought there was a chance that they would embrace him. He's a young actor who's been working for a long time in the industry uh, and has been turning out good character performances. And yes. so I thought they would embrace him. But no, they went with Jeff Bridges. I think, yes, Jeff Bridges is so beloved yeah. in Hollywood. And yes, so many nominations. that, uh, And he was out there campaigning a bit. Oh, okay. Meeting people, going to receptions. So... That uh, I'm sure helped, but he did do a great job in the movie, yeah. I think, too. So you can't really yeah. dispute it. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, I was listening to the the TV commentators this morning were saying, "Oh, uh, Mahershala Ali is definitely a shoe in." I think to that win. I think that is, and he's the most likely. But then some people have been saying maybe Dev Patel could. Um, sneak in there i don't um, see it i agree with you yeah and I, I admittedly i haven't seen either film but just based on they're gonna try to embrace moonlight where they can yes, yes um and right. this is in a, a category where they can yes um and dev patel who's an actor that i've liked quite a bit um it's there was a chance he wasn't even going to be nominated and maybe maybe we're both wrong maybe he'll win but at the same time i just i don't see it yeah. um and then I only recently saw Nocturnal Animals, and I liked Michael Shannon in it, in it a lot. I think he's a wonderful actor. I by all means nominate him for every, anything you want. And yet somehow there's something about his character, not his performance, but there's something about his character that left me wanting more, but not in a good way. Right. Um, and so I was uh, a little bit surprised that he was nominated, um, especially with the weird fluke nomination and win of Aaron Taylor Johnson at the Golden Globes. Well, I predicted that he was not going to repeat in the Oscars. In fact, I didn't even think he would be nominated. But I was a little surprised that Michael Shannon was nominated. Um, he's an excellent actor, and he was overlooked last year for this movie, 99 Homes. That's a great, yeah, great performance. Outstanding performance. So maybe sometimes they nominate the person the wrong year for the wrong yeah. performance but they recognize that this is really an outstanding actor and i'm not sure who got left out by him coming in there yeah. it's hard to think of any i'm personally i thought uh, kevin costner in hidden figures was great hmm. but uh i haven't seen that either i have all of these screeners sitting at home but now that school started i don't have time to watch anything but um yeah, I guess there is a uh, Hugh Grant was a, a possible fifth, uh, and uh, and yeah, Michael Shannon. He's I think he's going to be one of those actors that is nominated regularly for supporting actor yes. and uh, will eventually win. Um, <laughs> I personally think he should have been nominated for lead a few years ago for Take Shelter. I thought that was an amazing yes, performance. Yes. Um, okay, so. Uh, we already talked about lead actress, so let's jump to lead actor. I feel like it's between. Casey Affleck and Denzel Washington, and I think it'll be Den I think it'll be uh, Casey Affleck, but I think it's going to be close. 
Yes, those are definitely, I agree with you, those are the two top contenders in that category. The question has been raised, um, you know, whether some of those accusations against Casey Affleck would have hurt him. It doesn't seem to have stuck, any of that. But there have been articles now, like, why has it not hurt him, whereas it hurt Nate Parker so much? I mean, there are different circumstances, because Casey Affleck was not accused of rape, actually. that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's more, you know, verbal kind of uh, humiliation. But if that starts to get more heat yeah if and anything can happen in the next month and if more people start raising that issue then denzel would be a safe fallback uh position definitely yeah i think that's a great way of of looking at it is it's like well we really like casey affleck but all, there's all this stuff we can't really award, uh, give it to him right now. Like if if only there were somebody else. Oh right, <laughs> there's Denzel Washington in like this tour de force uh, performance. Um, and if he were to win, I mean, I, I do love Casey Affleck. I think he does a wonderful job. If Denzel Washington were to win, I would have no problems with it. I right. think he does a wonderful yes. job. He's he's an actor that I find interesting, and in that he has the ability to to shed his natural likability and become really, really unlikable as like in training day, he can't shed his charisma. That's, that's always Uh going to be there. But in fences, like there are times I'm like, Oh, I hate this guy. Well, I mean, I I felt that way, you know, even from having seen the play years ago, Mm -hmm. it's not a very sympathetic character actually. I mean that, and I think, the end of the piece, which is sort of like uh, a death of a salesman ending, yeah. where the wife kind of defends him and says almost, you know, she doesn't say attention must be paid, but yeah. that's kind of the, the gist of her final speech and kind of getting her son to go to the funeral. It doesn't quite convince me because I, I yeah. came away from the movie thinking he was a terrible Father yeah. and husband, and very, I mean, very few um, redeeming features in the character. That's not to say that the performance was yeah. outstanding, I think, but uh, it, uh, it's just a little aside that uh, he's not a hero in this story. I see that last scene as less uh, uh, a testament to how he was misunderstood and needs to be cut slack and more like wow what a great woman like what a what a that she's <laughs> willing to point. that yeah. she's willing to to show grace to this guy who mistreated her so terribly right um all the more reason why she should be considered a lead, but that's neither here nor there. So, okay, so we need to we need to wrap up. So let's go with picture. Yes. Um, nominees: Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Pretty good selection of movies there, I would say. Is there anything that you thought was missing? I mean, there's nine movies here, so I think yeah. they they hit almost all the all the beats there. They did really. I mean, there might be some little oddball movies that that i liked but you no know, this is a good list of yeah. films certainly and you said that they were kind of mainstream movies not all of them actually right. some of them are you know have only made 10 or 15 yeah. or 20 million dollars total they still are avoiding the big tentpole movies i mean they, yeah. they really are not because that's what when they expanded the best picture category that was the hope was that they would have room for some of these blockbuster movies. Yeah. I don't know what would have been worthy this year. I don't think any of them really would have been, but you know, there's no Rogue One and there's yeah. no Captain America or and all Deadpool. Of those. Deadpool. Last no. week there was like talk or two weeks ago, there was talk of like maybe Deadpool be nominated. And I thought, like, look, I like Deadpool, but come on. Yeah. That like that, that's, if that was inc- if that film were included in any category, like that is populist pandering at that point. Like, right, come on, right, did right. you see Deadpool? I did. Did you like yeah. it? I enjoyed it. Actually, yeah. no, it wouldn't be on my list. Of course, not. the best picture of the year. <laughs> yeah, we're not monsters. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I guess you're right. Um, and I do know that Arrival did well financially, yeah. and I think Hacksaw Ridge did well. Yeah. Hell or High Water surprised a lot of people as far as uh, the money it made. Yeah, but um, none of these movies yet 
I mean, hidden figures could be go past a hundred million dollar gross, yeah. and La La Land probably will because that's like in like in yeah. the high eighties already yeah. now with all these nominations. But I mean, they're hardly none of these are in the same category as Rogue One <laughs> yeah. and Captain America. Yeah, uh, yeah, hidden figures wound up having box office legs that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Honestly, um, I thought it was going to be like a very small movie that very few people saw. And it's interesting because. Fences has done fairly well, but it's not going to get much beyond 50 or $60 million in gross, whereas Hidden Figures, I say, could surpass $100 million. Yeah. And Because they say that, you know, African-American-themed movies usually hit a limit in terms mm-hmm. of how much they're going to gross, unless it's like some kind of an action right. spectacle. Right. But Hidden Figures seems to really appeal to everybody. It does seem to hit uh, a a number of, and I don't mean to sound cynical when I say it, it does seem to hit a number of demographics. Like there, it's, it's a movie my mom would like. Yeah. There's the African-American thing. It's about women. It's a feminist movie. Yeah. Yes. And it's a period piece. And, and, you know, and for some people like, were my dad still around, he'd probably like, well, he'd probably like all of those angles, but he'd like the NASA angle yes, as well. That too, that's true too. So, it has that suspense element with yeah. John Glenn's flight. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, and it's one that I, that I definitely want to see by the time of the Oscars, I will have seen all of these, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, so I definitely, I mean, I feel like it's foregone conclusion that La La Land will win. Um, but I, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll embrace Moonlight. I feel like it's you, probably between those two. Uh, Moonlight would be my favorite of, okay. the, of the nine films here. That's the one that I like best. It just because it was it, it was an innovative film in terms of subject matter. It really took a lot of chances, I yeah. think, and uh, it's a very affecting film. But La La Land, I appreciate too, is certainly an achievement. Yeah. Having not seen Moonlight Lion or Hidden Figures, I will say that I think my personal preference would probably be Arrival, which was just such a surprise to me. I did not expect it to be that engaging. Yes. I mean, I that, was, that was my second choice after yeah. uh, Moonlight. Actually, I thought that was outstanding too. And La La Land was my third choice. So mm-hmm. Those three, I mean, yeah. I'm glad they're all in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely seems like the Academy like got a lot of stuff right this year, nice. um, in a lot of different ways. But uh, but we need to uh, we need to wrap up. Uh, listeners, feel free to uh, to weigh in on the, in the comments of this uh, of this section, and then you can also see all of the nominees at battleshippretension.com with links to reviews of each of these films, uh, the ones that we do have reviews for. Um, so, okay, uh, Stephen, where can people find your work online? So, I write for The Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. You can find a lot of reviews of mine there. And I have my own website, uh, stephenfarber.com, which has a lot of my uh, reviews over the last several years okay. also. All right. So, okay, I think we will leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I enjoyed it a lot. And we'll get you next time. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 